Welcome to The Barbell Strikes Back. I'm your host, James McDermott, and today joining me on the show are Renee Mahale and Haley Hahn. We are coming fresh off of the 2001 North American Open Series 1 weightlifting competition. This was the first hybrid competition to happen uh, in the United States and ever, meaning there was an in-person event paired along with an online Zoom event, and it went very well. We're very happy with how the event ran and our performances. Uh, so we're going to talk all about that today. Haley and Renee, how are you guys doing? Good. Good. I'm a little sorry. But... <laughs> are we, are we exhausted after yesterday? Yeah. I took a little nap, so I'm feeling a little refreshed right now. <laughs> that, that's good. I took a nap yeah. yesterday, and I woke I up very late today. Mm. Well, you were probably... <laughs> the hardest at work or probably the most stressed, maybe the whole time. I would, yeah, I, I would say, you know, um, maybe the stress is even like, uh, that's an interesting in topic. Like how does the stress of a coach pair with the stress of an athlete? Like as an athlete, you guys have stress on like, am I going to make my lifts? Are things going to feel okay? Am I going to, am I going to make weight? And then as a coach, I guess my stress is like, are they going to make their lifts? Are they, are they remember how to snatch a clean jerk? Are they going to make weight? But also like, uh, will our internet connection hold up now? Cause like, this is a new stress for a zoom event. Right. And that was like one of my biggest fears was what happens if the internet goes out or something like that? Cause we don't have the best internet at Albany <laughs> CrossFit. So it's always uh, an interesting thing. And I'm happy that everything went well. We had the best internet connection possible. And I'm really impressed with how the format went with, with Zoom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I yeah, would say like, I agree. my biggest concern was that the technology was going to fail. And from what I saw, and I've been like still watching some of the sessions up till today, like it looks really good. And I really like the way that it, um, they hosted it online and we're live streaming it. Yeah, I agree. I haven't seen too many issues with like connection or anything like that. But if there were, they handled it pretty efficiently so it was nice yeah very convenient for us <laughs> yeah super convenient I think you know I'll, all right I was I was skeptical when this was first announced you know like they first put it out there and I had a frowny face like ah, I don't know about this you know weightlifting meet you're supposed to be in person you're supposed mm -hmm. to be able to see everybody you have the judges there you know and I'm like well how is this going to work with having some people there you know in Salt Lake City and us in Zoom, you know, are we going to get the same attention? Are we going to have the same standards? Are we going to have the same rules? I don't get to see the card table, which is like a big deal. You know, I'm so used to going up to the Marshall's table and seeing the cards and what other lifters are going to do. And then there's TV screens. There's just so much that goes on at an in-person meet. And I would say that from a standpoint of economics, this was really cool. You know, like, we didn't have to travel to Salt Lake City. We didn't have to buy hotel rooms, pay for Ubers or rental cars, flights out there, which we wouldn't have been able to drive. I mean, we could have, but it would have that would have sucked. Mm -hmm. uh, and then all the food that goes along with travel, it was just really, really convenient. And I think, you know, there's going to be times where this is appropriate and times where it's not appropriate. Like for us, awesome, very appropriate. We saved money we save time we can go to work tomorrow we can do all these things uh but let, as we start to advance in the levels like all right we're going to start going to those bigger meets you know when we get to those levels and i also wouldn't want to really necessarily see this implemented at the local level 
It's like, if it's a local meet, like we should all be there and not have to have the meet director worrying about cameras and zooming in. But I think on a national level with people from all over the country, there were probably people that did this meet that would not have done it before, even with no pandemic or anything like that. They just wouldn't have been able to afford to go. So I feel like this makes weightlifting way more inclusive at the national level. And I like that. For sure. I totally agree. Yeah, and I think, um, like, I mean, we'll probably talk about this more, but especially maybe for both of us, since it was both of our, like, first national level meets, it was nice to have the comfort of being at home with the bar we're used to, um, with just the people in the room that, like, we train with every day, Um, so that was, like, an added level of nerves that was taken out of the equation that, for, like, your first big showing is probably nice as we like take baby steps to progress towards the future oh yeah as somebody who gets super nervous it definitely took some nerves off <laughs> at all mm-hmm. of them, but it <laughs> no i i uh I, I agree and it's it's almost like a great stepping stone into those national meets you know like like you said taking those baby steps in with the nerves and i think you know that probably helped a lot of people across the board perform a little better you know sometimes you go to these meets and you're like oh my god there's hundred people back here in the warm-up room there's all these coaches you might see some like you know quote-unquote famous lifters you're like oh my god there's Jessica Lucero or Holly Mangold or or someone like that you know in the back and that makes you even more nervous because then you start to wonder well who's out in the crowd watching me at least now everyone's on their computer and I know if I was lifting I would think about it this way uh it's kind of funny everyone's watching me lift but it's not like they're all there in the stands they're like on their couch probably eating popcorn (laughs) or like like covered in their cats and dogs you know just like in their pajamas so like somehow that makes it a little easier kind of like how they used to tell you in public speaking imagine everybody's in their underwear Mm -hmm. and that will help you calm down I know for me as a lifter I'd be just imagining where what crazy things people are doing while they're watching the online zoom, like someone's frying eggs, you know, like, so like, I don't, I don't have to be worried that like Kane Wilkes is watching me lift, you know, and he's in the stands and analyzing everything. It's like, he's probably making breakfast while he watches me lift, you know, it's like, Oh, good lift. All right. And then he goes back to like adding in the butter and stuff. So like, I just think about it like that. It makes it just more, I think it makes it even more fun. Yeah. And I think, yeah. um, you sort of mentioned this, but the other thing is like, there were plenty in terms of the judges, it wasn't like everybody was all of a sudden getting good lifts and like hitting all six. They were still judge like they were still judging lifts as no lifts, even if like the person executed the whole thing. So I think it wasn't like there was a loss of integrity either to the competition. Um, it was just a different format, but like they were still being strict and calling based off the rules and stuff like that. Yeah, the 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 rules were pretty spot on. I mean, I didn't see any issues. It seemed the same as it would be at any local meet or any other, you know, national meet that I've been to. And it's important for someone listening who maybe didn't go or isn't too up to date on what was happening, that there were national level refs on the Zoom call and the refs were on the Zoom call. So at least in our sessions, like I could pan through who was on the call and see there's ref one, ref two, ref three, and the marshal was on there. And so was the speaker. So everybody who would normally be involved was a part of that. And they would just, you know, do their, um, you know, their officiating. I'm sure they were like on a private group chat. One thing that I was pretty impressed with was 
the speed at which they were able to communicate what just happened on the lift. Mm -hmm. So like they would, they would judge one of you guys' lifts and they would be able to communicate that to the speaker like instantaneously. It's like, it's like they, I don't know how they did it. Maybe they had like an app on their phone that said red light, white light, you know, and that just got sent in a group text. But also imagine like if they didn't have that, they'd have to probably type out like your numbers. You guys reach assigned a number. So they have to have be like number three or number nine, good lift, you know, and that, that takes time to type that out. And for me, when I would put in your attempts, I would have to type in number, number nine to 45 kilos on the snatch, for example. And they instantaneously made that change. So like whoever was like watching the chat, doing that stuff can probably type and is a computer whiz. Like I, I, I would love to have seen that behind the scenes aspect of it. And I want to know, like, did they have like 10 people for each session to put that in? Or is it just one whiz on the computer doing it? Cause it was instantaneous. Yeah, I was super impressed with that kind of stuff too. Um, like you said, like the changes were super quick. The fact that they like would pin your Zoom link like almost immediately as soon as you're coming up, like they had, I, I can't imagine it was just one person, but I mean, if it was just one, that one person, they were <laughs> really good at their job. <laughs> they did it for 12 hours straight. <laughs> so that's pretty wild. Yeah, and, and well, I mean, 12 hours and four or five platforms right you know yeah. so there's all these sessions so sure going at the same time i'm sure they had different people for different platforms but i hope i would hope they rotated people in and out because yeah. that's a lot of that's a lot of work for one thing for or one or at least got them dunking like yeah. there, there should there should be one person at the, at that who like your job is like duncan runs like all throughout the day you're just going back and forth getting coffee and munchkins and other things brain fuel that's what you need yeah we, we have to pause for a second that cat house in the background is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so no one else can see this but like your cat has like a castle that literally yes. goes from the floor up to the ceiling that has feet. all these rooms it's how, how yeah. tall is it six feet the, the top like little bed is six feet one of my cats likes to sleep on the top and the other one likes to sleep on like the, the level right below it so that's that's pretty yeah, awesome <laughs> is the cat that sleeps on the top the quote unquote dominant cat? Like, is that she's a bully? That's what you mean. She's the <laughs> she's the new one, and she's definitely like asserting yeah. her dominance. Yes, she tries, but I don't think the other one's accepting it. And I think there's they're they're just fighting for power right now. <laughs> well, that's interesting though. That like the one that is the bully is the one that also takes and got the higher position. So it's just very interesting to see that play out. Yeah. Well, the other one didn't go up there even before she was here. The other one would sleep like basically the closest to us while we're sleeping right there. Um, but yeah, um, I think she just claims it and she doesn't sleep there that often. It's most, she mostly sleeps on the bed. So it's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> <They're very cats>. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was, that was cool. So I'd point that out. No one who's listening knows what we're talking about. There's a giant cat structure <laughs> but anyways i mean i was incredibly impressed with how they did this so i think usaw deserves a massive props and shout out and high five anything you want to say about it uh on my laptop it was seamless so uh, essentially like i had a command center where i could just be behind the computer at the desk and on the screen they shared on the zoom call the uh attempts board 
So this is something that you would normally see on the TV in the back room. And they also display it publicly when they do their live streams anyways, where it shows you all the lifters' names, all of their attempts, uh, green for good lift, red for, you know, missed lift, tells you what people are going to be attempting next. So I was able to see that and also watch it in real time as it's updating. And since the sessions are so small, just 10 people, it made it really easy, almost pretty much easier than looking at cards on a table. So I guess maybe that's paper we don't have to print anymore, you know, save a couple of trees that way if this is how we're going to do it. And on the side, they would have all the screens of all the lifters. And like you said, they would pin the current lifter to the top. So I didn't really have to worry about scrolling through all of the lifters. Like anyone who's not going or going immediately doesn't matter. Plus I can see their numbers anyways. Like watching them lift, you know, from my perspective does nothing for me. You know, like I'm not going to be like, oh, I can see their bars loaded to this. So we got to jump Haley that. And it's like, that doesn't matter, you know. Uh, plus they're also really, really tiny on the, on the screen. <laughs> um, but also I had the chat box open so I could see what other people are declaring. And that's something different than normal competition. Let's say if Renee is another coach and she's coaching a lifter and I'm coaching you, Haley, I might go up to the card table and say, all right, number three to 70. And Renee might come over and say number four to 71. I don't know that. Like if I turn my back and walk back to your warm up platform and Renee sneaks in behind me, like I'm not going to know unless I look at the, the TV screen that a change was made and, oh, we just got bumped up or something. But now I can literally watch people typing in the chat what their lifter is going to do. That's a, a tactical advantage in, in, a, in, you know, situations where you're trying to jockey back and forth for position with other lifters. So that made that way easier. I mean, we didn't really have to do a whole lot there, but in the future, I'm like, well, this is really nice. Like there's no hiding anything now. There's no like, okay, someone's waiting for me to leave the table or they sneak in at a certain point, change the number. You see it right there. And there is a slight delay, even though they're really on top of making those things. So that would give me time to be like, well, we got to change our weight or something like that, or type in right after them. And I, I can see like almost like a bidding war of just like, like Renee says number four to 71. And I say, well, number nine to 72. And then we just keep typing back. Well, it wouldn't really work yeah, out that way because you only have so like, many jumps. I can't hit 80. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> stop, I, stop, stop. I can see where it would get like you could get carried away as a coach on just to continue to type in the chat, you know, like, well, I'll one up you. Well, no, we're going 82, you know, <laughs> I could see how that could happen, but that was an interesting aspect of it. And just pretty much having the entire logistical part of the meet on my screen. And I didn't really have to, to move. You're warming up right in front of me. So it's not like I have to go from, you know, like at some of these meets, like the platforms are far away from that, Marshall's table and those TV screens. So I'm like walking back and forth all the time, you know? So now I just have it, just everything's right in front of me. So it's just way more convenient. Yeah. You saved a lot of steps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to make them up today. I got to yeah. go walk. It's gorgeous outside. So I, I should go say it's a beautiful day. Yeah. But, um, the other, you just mentioned it too, but the other thing that was really nice and took like an edge off is the fact that we were able to, we were talking about this yesterday, but warm up exactly where we would be um, competing so on the platform we had set up, so it's like, you're just getting more reps in, in that comfortable environment. And it's not like a brand new environment once you go up for your first attempt. So that was also really nice. Yeah. Haley, how did, how did you feel doing that versus like at other meets 
where you're on a different bar and different, you know, setup and focal point to all of a sudden being just in the same spot. Yeah. I, I mean, I loved it. I think I talked after the last meet about how like part of the nerves is like switching from your warm-up platform to this like new like stage kind of situation. And that was fully erased um, by warming up in the platform, like in the competition platform area. So it was just, it's super chill. Like you, you can very easily you can find your focal point. You find your focal point while you're warming up. It's get, you get more used to it. Um, and then you can just kind of perfect your routine to walk up and like hit your lift and act like it's a normal, almost like practice type of thing. Well, and what, what do you guys think about this too? Not only are you in the same spot using the same bar, same plates, you know, same positioning for the competition and the warm up, but also you're doing something that normally wouldn't happen, which is warming up in front of a crowd. Like I, there, you're not pinned on the Zoom, so I think more than likely the audience on the internet wasn't seeing you warm up, but that camera is still on you, so it's still the same kind of feel. And other coaches and other lifters who might be looking at the screen could possibly see you. So did that change anything like being like, like, like the camera is still on me, you know, and, and you don't know like who might be watching. No, actually that didn't affect me at all. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't, I didn't know if it like re- reduced the nerves, like just being in that like environment. Uh, the camera itself, like it's never for my nerves. It's never about people watching me. Um, even though that's kind of how sometimes it is when we like public speak or something, it's more about like, making sure I don't make a fool of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the, the people watching me during a warm up, I like, didn't even cross my mind while I was warming up. So yeah. I don't know if that was different for you, Renee. <laughs> no, I was thinking like, it was really just a void. Like, um, I even think like during the attempts, like, um, during the actual, like part of the competition, I didn't even really think about it like the competition. Um, only because I was like, just staring really at like your command center, James. So I was like, okay, it's like, he's just standing in front of me at the gym, watching me do another lift. Um, obviously I was like at the same thing. I don't want to embarrass myself, but, um, it took out, it made it like a more detached experience, I guess, which was good, but I didn't think about it during the warmups at all. Okay. No, that, that's, that's good to know. Uh, it, it didn't take away. It didn't add. And then at least during the competition, just having that advantage of home home field advantage essentially worked out pretty well. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about those plates and uh, loading everything up. Shout out to Shaf and Miguel, our plate loaders for the event and uh, all day. They did an awesome job. And part of the fun of them loading is uh, one, not only, I mean, do we not have to worry about it, but two, to watch them with their friendly banter back and forth, bickering <laughs> the whole time about who's right about what's going on the bar. <laughs> and I think it's um, it's important to note that early on, M- Miguel was was sharp with it and, you know, Schaff made a couple mistakes. But then towards the end there, Schaff was like, uh, was the one who was calling the shots a little bit during Haley's session. So it was just interesting to see that dynamic kind of switch back and forth. They're an interesting duo to say this, to say the, <laughs> the least. But they did a great job. Yeah, they yeah. certainly took the edge off a little bit by cracking their little jokes. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the little laughs helped a lot for me. And it's uh, it was a great learning experience for all of us. I mean, we are a quote unquote, a poor barbell club when it comes to uh, equipment. You know, we have, 
but not but, in memories yes. or friendship. Yeah, not not in the, <laughs> yeah. the things not in the things that really matter. In, in terms of like you know like fancy equipment, we have never had competition plates, and the times that we did have colored bumper plates, they weren't kilo plates. So the really the only experience that the vast majority of us in the club ever get on counting and adding kilos and using that specialized equipment is when we go to a weightlifting meet. Otherwise we're on black bumper plates and it's all in pounds. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely a great learning experience. Like, uh, and then if we do have access to kilo plates, we certainly don't have competition collars, which changes the way you do the math on the bar. And you also have to know what goes on the inside of the collar, what goes on the outside of the collar. And I honestly never knew because I don't have to use it or I don't have to load out of meat or do any of that stuff. So it was good to know now just for general knowledge that the 2.5 kilo red plates go on the inside of the collar and everything smaller goes on the outside of the collar. Boom. Now we know, look at that. We learned something. And we also got to experience what ways do those weird collars go in and out. And Miguel and Schaff got to experience how difficult they are to take off and put on the bar. So that was just a, a good learning experience for all. Yeah, I, um, I kept saying it yesterday, but the jerks felt like so much easier with the competition plates for me. <laughs> I can see Ellie's face. <laughs> but like not for me. <laughs> I um those weights, usually I like put it up and we're like, okay, well it got up there, but that wasn't pretty or smooth. But yesterday I was just like, oh wow, like these are moving and it just felt like we were saying like so compact, so tight. Um and maybe it is like a placebo sort of effect, but in my head I was just like damn, these are really nice. <laughs> I felt like they did make a difference for me, at least mentally. Haley, how about you? I mean, we, we had a rough patch on the jerks, but how was it using the equipment overall, you know, with things being tighter than normal, you know, loaded on the bar and the weights being more compact and specialized collars and it's all rogue. So like, at least we had a rogue kilo bar. So this is equipment that's made for one another. So to say, how did it feel for you? Um, I don't think it was too much of it. I definitely felt some difference, but it wasn't like uh, like a normal competition, I guess, because the bar was a little bit different. Um, whenever we did other competitions, the bar would be super spinny and that's not something that I'm used to. So didn't have that, um, but I, I guess you could say I noticed a little bit of difference on the plates. Obviously it didn't help my jerks, <laughs> but, but that could have also been something else. It couldn't, it's not the plates, obviously. It's not the plates fault. No, it is. <laughs> we, we are blaming the plates. So rogue, if you're listening to this. <laughs> Only for the jerks though, because yeah. for the snatches and cleans, it was great for Haley. Everything else is fine. Yeah. The cleans felt like, the cleans actually felt super light, not gonna lie. Like I've got it up on my shoulders. Actually, I will say when I got up on my shoulders, it felt a lot lighter than any other time that I'd gotten those weights on. Mm -hmm. So that probably, I mean, that could have been the plates there making an effect. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know for me in the past when I've cleaned, let's say 225 with four black pound bumpers versus, you know, uh, the red plate, the yellow plate, and then like two little green ones, that's be 102 kilos around 225. It does feel different on your shoulders. Like even, and you're like, so at the gym, like at Albany CrossFit, you're like, that felt a little heavy, you know, but with the kilo plates, I think part of it is just the way the bar reacts and the way the plates move 
it might have come up on the shoulders a little smoother than normal. And that made it feel, you know, like Renee said, the placebo effect maybe just made that little thing kind of feel better. So everything feels better. And then going into the jerk, you're maybe a little more confident with it too. Because you're not thinking about, wow, that clean just took a lot out of me. You're thinking, hey, that clean felt good. But that kind of makes you wonder, what if you just did that automatically after every clean, regardless of how it felt, just tell yourself that felt great. <laughs> and then see how it affects the, uh, the the jerk, just like some positive thinking. It would probably work, not gonna lie. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how much out like, there. It's crazy how much like just like words of affirmation work. Well, I think maybe we need to do that. So going forward, everyone in the club needs to practice. After every clean, you have to say out loud, that felt good. <laughs> and, then, and then and then go for the jerk. And then when you're under the jerk, bring your feet together to say that felt even better. And then and then people will think we're crazy at weightlifting meets. <laughs> yeah like we're all just doing that in the warm-up and then out on the platform like i can just imagine like Haley hits a clean on the platform and she says out loud that felt good and then i'll i'll say too i'll like yep that felt good that looked good do it yeah. and people just think we're just the weirdos but it works because we never miss lifts there you go we might have cracked the code we're gonna try it but either way awesome to have the equipment a uh, quick uh, shout out and thank you to our local weightlifting committee, the Metropolitan LWC, for having those plates in our area, in the Capital District, and for allowing us the opportunity to use them, which we've never had this opportunity before. And also with the competition collars, shout out to uh, CrossFit Schenectady and uh, Capital Weightlifting for letting me borrow them, you know, for the weekend. So awesome that the entire local community is working together and we can communicate and we can help one another because not all of us have all this stuff, at least not yet. Yeah, big thank you. And again, fortunately you didn't have to drive across New York state on a full scavenger hunt for it. So <laughs> yes, yes, which I, I was about to, like I had, it. I was fully prepared. I'm like, all right, I might have to get up at five or six on Friday morning and hoof it around the state and gather things. And then we're still doing barbell club in the evening. I'll be there and whatnot. But <laughs> I, I think it's like, it's, I have no problem doing it. Like it, that's part of, of the, the, the game, you know, like if, if you're a coach, then like you have to do it. You know, if I'm asking both of you to do Christmas and kilos, then to do these qualifiers and try to qualify and then to sign up for this meet, which wasn't cheap, you know, it was $125 to do th this meet. Then if I'm asking you to do all of that and have this kind of investment, then like I can at least hop in a car and drive somewhere and pick it up. I don't have to be worrying about lifting. And what does it matter if I'm tired or losing time here and there? The only thing that matters is that you guys have everything that you need to do your lifts. That's that's the, the role you have to accept as a coach. And if, if you're a coach and you're like, well, shucks guys, we didn't get it, you know, and you didn't make any calls or you weren't willing to go drive somewhere, then like you suck, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like and you have to probably think about like, do you really want to do this? Because I think a lot of people don't realize what all you have to do or need to be willing to do uh, as a coach. And that's part of it. You know, I think a lot of people think it's just you show up for the hour and that's it and boom. But there's a lot more that happens outside of it. So we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. <laughs> but So luckily I didn't have to do that, but you never know. You never know what, what happens. And I'm, I'm kind of scoping out things on the internet because like I think 
I would like to have equipment. I think we're, 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 we're to the point, you know, and you know, the gym may not be ready to purchase it. Um, but I think I might at least want to pick up a set or something because we are fully capable in our space of having multiple people going at the same time for something like this, like, like with the way our platforms are spaced out, we could have two. And then if we flip over to where my little command center was, we could have a whole nother station there. We could have, we could have three people going at the same time. Mm -hmm. Not that the schedule would line up that way. We'd never want it to line up that way, but if we had to, we could accommodate multiple people to do it online like this. So I think it would be nice to have at least one set. The problem is now that I'm kind of ready to pull the trigger, like for myself, we have a pandemic going on and no <laughs> one's making this equipment and it's all sold out anywhere. So not the best timing to finally come to this realization, but uh, as soon when things are available, I would like to get one too. Cause it might not always be feasible to do this switch because the competition place for the LWC kind of lives somewhere else right now that it just like, even though if I'm willing to do it, it might not always work out to be able to have the option to do it. So we'll see. Your cat is snoring. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so loudly. I hope it, if anyone hears weird noises in the back, it's my cat who doesn't live in a palace. I can't hear her, so it's <laughs> so, good. No, I, I couldn't hear it either. But it's just uh, important to point out that there is a huge cat and cat house presence on the show today. <laughs> my two cats are in the room. They're just elsewhere sleeping. They choose not to sleep on the palace during the day. <laughs> Only cats. Okay. One sleeps, Sorry. one sleeps on top of her carrier, and then the other one sleeps on top of the like little house that we got her. So, again, everyone listening is going to be like, "What is the point of this podcast? <laughs> is this a weightlifting podcast or a cat ownership?" Podcast? This is now where we're going into the cat ownership segue. So, no, <laughs> no but uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the individual performances so Renee you went first so let's let's talk about how you did you know we were lifting at 10 a.m on Saturday morning which uh is awesome because there was a little bit of time where we thought you'd be lifting at 10 p.m on Friday which we did not want no one wanted that uh we would have made it work but that would have made things more difficult for just you know the classes and literally everyone yeah literally everybody you know <laughs> Uh, you, it's not like you wouldn't have been able to get like a, like a, a, a night's sleep you did before. And you would have had to bump up, like preparing for it. It's just nice to know, okay, I'm going on Saturday and I can take Friday as that prep day, mm -hmm. but you went at 10 AM and we snatched a competition PR of 45 kilos. Awesome. We clean and jerked a competition PR of 67 kilos mm -hmm. and we set a PR total of 112 kilos, which are our our online qualifier total is 115 so the in, you know in usaw they might list it as that's the competition pr total but i think we have to have different categories kind of like we have a we have a training total we have a sanctioned meet total where you only get three attempts and then we have qualifier pr totals where you can take million attempts and it doesn't matter i think i think that needs to be in the record books three different ways Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So what, what are your thoughts on your performance? Are you happy with it? Are you disappointed? Um, what, what are you, what are you aiming for next? Let's talk about that. So honestly, I'm really happy. Um, 
only because I was saying this yesterday, but I failed my third attempt for each um, for snatch and clean and jerk, which would have been like PRs beyond the qualifier. Um, and like I said, it might sound weird, but I feel like I failed them well in that like on the snatch, like I got it overhead, I was holding it out. I just couldn't stand it up. Um, and then for the clean and jerk, it got above my head, obviously, because then it fell back down on it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't see a bump on the head. Anywhere, no, so okay. I can't even feel it. Um, so that was big for me, too, because it's like I know that I can like lift these weights um, just in the moment. It didn't work out. So it was good to know that like I was pushing my limits and it's not like I had anything left in the tank, so to speak, or there was anything like that for why it didn't work out in my favor. Um, I was also happy because I opened at a higher total than I finished for Christmas and kilos. So that was also like a good sort of metric for me in terms of my own like strength development that like two months later, I'm opening um, more than what I had finished at. And that, um, yeah, I think otherwise, like I, again, I said, I was really happy and the technology worked. So that was really nice too. Cause I was getting like all these supportive messages from friends and everyone like, Oh, I'm watching. How are you doing? How do you feel? Stuff like that. So that was good too, that I could share it with more people than if it was a meet that wasn't being live streamed or um, taped in any way. Yeah. That's nice to know that your friends and family can watch and see what you're doing and or probably see like, you're like, like, Hey, can you do something like, like, no, I got to go lift and whatnot. And then now they see, oh, okay, this is what you're spending all your time doing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, overall, I was really happy with it. And, um, I know, like we were saying, but I know like places that I need to improve for the future so that like where my weak spots are, which is also really nice. is like a learning experience, um, moving forward. And as always, you know, I left it and I was like, that was so much fun. I want to do it again. So just let me know which meet I need to sign up for next. Um, I think it's just really fun in that environment just to like get your competitive energy out. Obviously, Haley and I were both collegiate athletes. So I feel like it's something we have within us that it's like, this isn't going away and I need to expend it somehow. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, you went four for six and I agree. I don't think we left any kilos on the table your final attempts would have been both competition and lifetime PRs that, that what was it? How many kilos that a 47 kilo snatch. That was our last one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Our 47 kilo snatch. That would have been a PR and uh, you got it overhead. You got it overhead. We went, we, it was a full, full send, full commit locked arms. We just couldn't stand with it. So now we know, like you said, with the weak points, you know, maybe some more uh, overhead squats, and just overall squatting strength, like really like the overhead squat is going to do a little for us, but like what's going to really bump that up is the back squat, just continuing to bump up and push the back squat. And uh, luckily for you guys tomorrow, we got five sets of three on the back squat at some heavy percentages. So we'll definitely get that work in. That's going to be well great. No. <laughs> no, thanks. So I'm seriously going to be sick tomorrow. No, <laughs> we, if we got squats to do. So I, I, I think it, it went well. It was uh, it was a fantastic day. That jerk, I, I think it's important to talk about this clean jerk. I, I, I was trying to think, and I, I didn't have time to look through the records. Have you cleaned, quote, 155 from the floor yet? I don't know. I don't know if what we did. 
I don't know if with the January qualifier, if I just did a clean at 155 for fun at the end. So at the at the January qualifier, you couldn't clean it. Actually, I don't think you even tried because we had um we had like a million attempts at yeah. at the I think it was like 69 kilos, yes. like 152 or something. That makes and, sense. and what's it what's in so it's very possible you haven't cleaned it from the floor and that was a PR clean that kind of got lost in the shuffle because I know you've done it from the hang, but I don't know if you've put it together from the floor yet. And it's important to note at the January qualifier, you had to clean and then attempt the jerk several times on 69 kilos. Mm -hmm. And then now at this, you cleaned easily uh, 70 kilos and had a really solid attempt at the jerk, much more solid attempt than many of your attempts at a kilo lighter a month before. So I think uh, that's a great way to miss that lift. And we didn't get it, but it, that's still, you can see and measure progress in miss lifts, mm -hmm. just like you can in made lifts. And that was um, just something that I noticed. So I think that that's a, it, it all came together very well. Yes. Yeah, I definitely left. I like called my parents and I, they are like learning a whole new language because I don't think they knew that this was a sport until <laughs> in August. I was like, hey, by the way, I'm doing this. But um, they said it was like really fun to watch too. And they could like obviously hear how excited and happy I was. So it was a family affair as well. And, and they, they watched on the live stream? They did. They did. Right, yeah, cool. My mom was like, wow, that 67 looked so smooth. I was like, look at you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats to you for learning these things. Yeah. You're going to have to fill them in on all the, uh, the lingo. Mm -hmm. Yes. They're slowly, but surely they're learning. So perfect. Perfect. Cause we got more meets coming up. So they're going to have to yeah. have to, to do that now. Uh, Haley for you, we had a great day. You lifted at 10 p.m. in the evening. So we had we had to do a little bit of waiting, you know, uh, which is it's it's tough. I was talking to someone about this to have light to midweight ladies and even guys go so late in the day and not be able to, to eat. You know, I don't know how it sets up or how you determine that with all the weight classes on who goes when. But if you had heavier weight classes go in the evening, most of them are like, well, I'll just eat all day. Like they'll be fine. You know, they don't have to worry about it, but thankfully we, we made weight. And then for the snatch, we had a PR competition snatch of 63 kilos. And we went three for three on the snatches for the clean and jerk. We made our opener of 70 kilos and we totaled 133 kilos, which is, I believe, I don't, I can't remember if that's a count. That's not competition PR. No, it's um, one under. It's a, it's a, it's a PR on the, the big stage versus local. Meet, so. <laughs> so we'll, we'll do we'll, we'll count that. And I don't think you've done any of the qualifiers. So no. overall, uh, how's the experience for you? This is your, your third weightlifting meet. That's official. We've done a couple in-house that are unofficial, but this is the third one. Like, how did you feel? And how did this compare to other experiences? Um, overall, I'm generally happy with it. Um, I think my, I'd have to say my last Christmas and kilos meet, I thought went a little bit better just because I made five for six and uh, I made that second clean and jerk, which that's, that's kind of the thing that's hanging on my head right now is that second clean and jerk. Cause I should have had that. And I'm just, I'm mad and I'm kind of confused also just like, I don't even know what happened to make I, I I think it was more of like um more of like a like a, a brain fart or something like that like I yeah, it, it didn't seem 
it didn't seem to me like a like a like a strength thing or anything like that it just seemed like that was just like a lift word like there was a space at some point and something just happened on the church something weird happened yeah i mean it was 11 p.m at that point so who knows my brain could have been turning off (laughs) yeah that's certainly something different you know we're normally not lifting that late yeah so i mean overall i'm i'm happy i mean i did have to lift at 10 p.m so there was a whole mental aspect of the whole like the waiting the whole day and also uh the several days leading up to it i was still my weight was still over and i it's not something i've experienced before i've always been under um quarantine's really hitting me hard <laughs> um so that's like that was an added stress i was stressed with just like general like life my work was super busy um so overall leading up to it wasn't the most ideal conditions um but i'm happy with the weights i put up for snatch uh looking back at the videos I'm not happy with the fact that I powered all of them because <laughs> that should have been better. <laughs> but then um, the first clean and jerk, I felt like super strong on. So um, I was, I was happy to get a total. Um, but yeah, that's kind of. Well, and, and you know, that's, that's really all that matters in the end is uh, to- having a total versus having no total, two different mm-hmm. experiences, you know, yes. two different outcomes. Like we, we finished the competition we beat some other people. So that's cool in our session and in other sessions. And who knows, maybe even the session after there's very possible that we outlifted some people, uh, you know, because everyone's got to make their lifts and we made lifts. We made enough to be in the game uh, with the, the power snatches. Yeah, those power snatches crept up. Yeah, we talked about this on a previous podcast and it happened at Christmas and kilos, you know, uh, in the warmups, we're hitting full depth. And then all of a sudden we're in, this is the one, you know, like, all right, here we go. <laughs> The, the lift yeah. kind of changes a little bit, but I think that's uh, an experience thing. I think well, actually uh, I was, I was thinking about it and I think it's actually, I think I could possibly fix it with the warm up, Cause I think it's just a confidence um, that I need to do the weight before I actually do it in competition. So I don't know if that's like a good or a bad thing, but if I were to include the first lift weight in my warm ups, that might help. I don't know. My, my brain. <laughs> well, all right. Hitting, <laughs> hitting, hitting openers in the back room is a whole, a whole debate, a whole, a whole thing. You know, what I will say is, Hey, if it works and if it helps, let's try it. You know, mm-hmm. we have a meet coming up at the end of the month, so it won't hurt to try it in what the, if I did, in the like, long run though, we would want to get away from that. Yeah. Yeah. What if I did like two kilos under, like, just like really close, but not like Holy yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of having a small of a jump between last warm up and opener. So I think maybe what we need to do as well is maybe add a couple more lifts into the warm up to shorten some of those gaps. And that. and that comes from like, okay, like, like we talk about this too. It's like, can you handle the volume, which we, we do enough in volume in training, like really on competition day, seven lifts should be okay. You know, like we should be able to get through that. So I think revamping the numbers and trying the opener in the warm-up cool let's do that at the next meet maybe even the meet after but it is in the long run something that you'd want to get away from you know like, yeah no i totally i can totally see that but i think it would be like going up to the bar i just like get nervous that like i haven't touched this weight yet today and um i'm like especially within the past couple of weeks like the first time i've gone for that weight i missed it so um i think it's it's uh, it was also heavier than i've ever opened so combination of a lot of things that just 
kind of threw my brain off a little bit. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just uh, an experience thing. You know, the, the more meets you do, the more open you'll be to the possibility of like, Hey, this is make it or break it, you know, like, and I'm accepting the results ahead of time. Like I may not make any of them or I'm going to make them. There'll be points, you know, when you keep climbing the rankings where you might have to open, you know, with something you've never snatched before, or like, let's say you're like, like that's what people do in the Olympics. Like, so like that's, we're, we're far away from that. I'm definitely going there. (laughs) But, but it like, there are people who will open with things, you know, and this is as you advance as a professional and advance, you know, from a a novice, you know, through intermediate advanced, all, all these different types of levels of skill and uh, and confidence, but like, there's going to be times where you have to open and you're at a meet and maybe the, the goal is just to qualify. Let's say, let's say the goal, we're eventually at the point you're like, all right, Haley, we're going to this meet down the road, we're trying to qualify for nationals. That's, that's the goal, right? That's the, the main thing. So we might just be like, Hey, we're, we're going to open with the numbers we need or a second attempt. This is it. And you might not be able to do that in the back warm-up room, because it's probably going to be a weight that's like, well, doing this for a double or doing it twice back to back isn't feasible. So I think yeah. we're at a point now where it's okay. But as you progress, it's something that you'd want to get away from because you've developed the confidence in your own ability and your strength that you don't have to do it. Yes. No, I would totally understand that for sure. And thank I do God think that, have... no, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, thank God we have the bold underlined practice meet. <laughs> so about that. <laughs> so about that. Literally two hours ago, I made it a sanctioned meet. I'm gonna <laughs> so, cry. So, That's good. That's great. So, but but here here's the thing with it. This is a private in-house meet. If 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 someone's listening to this podcast and you're they're like, hey, I've never done a meet before. I want to meet you guys. You know, I might want to come send me a DM and I might be open to it. I can't have 50 million people come to this meet because we're not going to have the capacity to do a full 60 person thing and make this an entire day. So right now it's just a private club meet, which you can have a weightlifting meet that has eight people in it. I believe eight people is the limit. So you can have private club meets that are sanctioned and use that as an opportunity to qualify for someone something or just get more experience with a higher level of competition. We will have people who are coming from out of town who are friends of the club. We're going to have some people coming from Syracuse. We're going to have some people coming from CrossFit Sona, Frank and Tracy's gym, uh, who are going to be doing their first, you know, meet. And they originally thought this was going to be a practice meet. And Frank has broken the news to them that this is going to be more of a, uh, a, not a practice meet, but it's still in essence, a practice meet, you know, because I'm going to be practicing running a meet that's sanctioned and doing all that back end stuff. And people are going to be there practicing refing, which hopefully that will be including you guys. Like you guys will get your ref cert and know the rules and sit in the chair and judge people, you know? Uh, and so we'll all in essence be practicing still. Uh, so it still is a practice meet, but it's just going to be on the books of a practice meet. All right. This is going to sound really weird. Um, I don't know if like others have experienced this, but I want to change so what I wear, I wear the t-shirt and my leggings under my singlet. And I mm. was thinking about just starting to just do this top as the singlet with leggings underneath. So this is a good time for me to try that lifting experience out. So you mean no t-shirt under singlet? Yes. Just uh, the singlet up top with the leggings on the bottom. So I'm very against that. 
You said no. what? James is very against that. Mm. No, 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 no. I, I think it, it's okay. Uh, I would do it on the snatch. On the clean and jerk, though, it's good to have a t-shirt so it's not bar on bare skin. I mean, people do it, so like try it. If um, if this, all right, it's gonna be spring. I think it'll be okay. If we were doing a summer meet in a sweaty gym mm-hmm. and whatnot, you might want a t-shirt so the bar doesn't slip. Right. So. so- you get to practice running a meet. I get to practice with just the singlet up top. Boom. <laughs> now we're meeting in the middle here, James. Yep. So you're going to practice just singlet on top. Haley's going to practice openers during the warm up, and we're going to refine the warm up. See, look at look at all the practice we're doing already. Ooh. Like <laughs> mine is so like irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> but I just this is again sorry. But it just, I hate how bunchy all the fabric is when you have a t-shirt under the singlet. So honestly, that like really bothers me. And so I think that that's why I want to try to get rid of it and then see how it works. Well, I think too, I, I noticed this. So you're wearing a unisex t-shirt. Haley was wearing a woman's cut t-shirt, which is a little more tighter and form fitting. So I'm wondering if a woman's cut t-shirt would be less bunchy. But then compression shirt that's what miguel wears the problem with that is that i feel like i don't have i feel like it's too tight on my shoulders and so then for like the jerk that the t-shirt that's tied on my shoulders i feel like i don't get the same range of motion yeah you definitely need to to trial and error some t-shirts to see which ones are best i'll do that each clean and jerk attempt will be a different combination (laughs) boom there you go do it during during, uh class during practice basically where like different t-shirts to see what they feel like now nothing wrong since Haley brought it up and we're on this topic nothing wrong wearing the singlet and your gear in training no thanks mine is way too small (laughs) well I mean maybe when you get another one like like uh, like in uh or at least like maybe the week of a meet for the practice sessions wear your singlet you know just get comfortable in it and and figure that stuff out maybe like on Monday you're training with the singlet and you're like, you know, like this shirt is really bothering me. Like, but you don't notice it until like you're on competition day, right. but like on, on Monday, you're like, all right, something felt off. Then on Wednesday, you're like, all right, it's this shirt. This shirt is driving me crazy. Then we try to fix that before Saturday. So I think at a minimum, like there's nothing wrong with the meat week to be wearing your gear making sure everything's working. I think we are always practicing with shoes, wrist wraps, knee sleeves, stuff like that. But the singlet, the singlet's that one thing that like kind of gets neglected. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to it now. There you are. There you go. All right. So maybe we'll plan that meet week, singlet and training, get used to it, get comfortable, make sure everything's happening because if you do switch now, but we haven't been training and doing clean and jerks with nothing covering the shoulders and the collarbones, yeah. it might feel weird on, on meet day. Yeah, fortunately, whenever I do the CrossFit classes, I'm always an idiot who wears like a tank top. So I'm used to it just crashing at high speeds on my collarbone. Well, you're also doing like 50 million reps and from burpees and stuff like that, you know, but hmm. well, I think we 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 covered a lot Uh, again. You know, thank you to everybody who helped out. Thank you to Albany CrossFit you know, cause we have such an, uh, an awesome space that we can do this. Thank you to all of the CrossFitters in the 9am and 1015 class. 
in the morning who had to endure slightly lower music and had to also endure a change to the workout because I changed the workout to be silent, you know, because <laughs> the workout was originally supposed to be a 25 minute AMRAP of 20 power snatches, four rounds of Cindy and an 800 meter row. And that would have been way too much noise happening. So I changed it to 20 kettlebell swings and 40 burpees instead of the 800 meter row. And they endured, they got through it. And they followed the do not enter sign as well. So just. Yes, yes. I put up a curtain in the entrance way of our, our little barbell club room and a big sign that said, do not enter. And not one person entered. I was surprised. I was very surprised. I would say, um, we were talking about this yesterday, but it was also really interesting to see all the different dynamics in like the gyms and garages, like all over the country of like the environments that people are lifting and competing in. Um, I was saying there was one, I watched one woman compete where every single platform around her was being used for anything people wanted. And I honestly felt really bad for her. Cause I was like, she, like people were just training behind her and she's competing at this national level meet. So that was like, it's like when you, I guess with the zoom period, you get to see behind people's like curtains and see like what books they have on their bookshelf and everything or <laughs> the cat castle. <laughs> um, but it was interesting to just see the different training environments people have as well. Yeah. Like a nosy perspective, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that was, I loved, I love that. I, cause also you get ideas when you look at other gyms, you're like, like, Oh, look at how they have their dumbbells set up. And, and unless you're traveling to them, you don't get to see that in real time. So it was really cool to see everybody's setup. It was also cool to see that, you know, when you read the, the regulations and the rules for these things, it sounds so strict, but then when you see, you're like, well, these people don't even have tape down, you know, like to mark off the platform or they're lifting in a hallway, you know, so they're not going to be able to have that 13 by 13 foot space. And USAW was cool with it. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, it was, so that was a nice thing too, that it wasn't super strict. Of course, they put out those strict guidelines so that there isn't anything crazy all of a sudden happening you know, that at least they can point back to the guidelines and say, Hey, we said not to do this and mm -hmm. they will be lenient other ways. Yeah. But like you were saying, just going back to the inclusivity of it, like not everyone could afford to travel to Salt Lake, but now like people are competing and maybe people obviously can't afford like fancy platforms, blah, 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 but they could still compete, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Just give people the opportunity to compete. That's, that's the best part. Uh, I, I did think it was also pretty cool the way the um, like the weigh-ins and everything went. So if anyone's wondering, because there's been a lot of talk about the weigh-ins, uh, we had a, a meeting that was going to happen 15 minutes before the weigh-in time, which that didn't happen. So uh, that 15 minutes was just to get probably everyone there on time. No one popped on and we waited. We're, we're those people who were like, following it to the T mm -hmm. and then we're like, all right, we're stuck here waiting now for 15 minutes for this meeting to start. But once it did get going, it was pretty cool. The uh, person conducting the weigh-in introduced themselves to everybody. And then they moved everyone on the zoom chat to the waiting room and they would bring people into the zoom chat one by one to conduct the weigh-in. And that was done by the lot number. So you might have to wait a little bit like you had to Renee or Haley was Haley was number three. So she was right up, you know, our, her way in went by way faster. And what they did was they just had you hold your ID up to the camera and recite back your birthday to confirm who you are. Then you had to calibrate the scale 
by rolling two 25 kilo plates onto the scale and making sure it fell within, was it 49.5 to 50.5 kilos? And that deemed it calibrated. And then after that, you hop on the scale, you get the full body image that you're head to toe on the scale, not attached to a pulley system or anything, and then confirm the weight and then tell them your attempts. And that, that was it. It was very seamless and it was very well done. It felt, it still felt professional, like, like the whole system, the way they did it, it was thought down to a T. So I, I was really happy with the way that went. It was super seamless. I will say though, that calibrating the scale was something that was uh, daunting in the beginning. You guys didn't get to see this, but when I was trying to figure out how to put the 25 kilo plates on the scale, they didn't say to prop them upright. So my mind went to flat. Mm -hmm. So, okay, you have to lay them flat, but my scale is tiny and I almost broke my scale because <laughs> if when you put the, the, the plate flat, there's no way to have it, ha have all of it be on the scale without tipping it, but also see the numbers. So I have two 25 kilo plates in my hands flat and I'm holding them at waist height. And that <laughs> that's, so that's 50 kilos. That's 110 pounds. And I'm tapping the scale with my foot and then squatting down to the scale to try to rest it there without crushing the scale. And then it would kept, it, my scale kept shutting off. My scale's like, no, we don't like this. So I'd have to deadlift it back up, tap the scale. Then I had to take the batteries out, put it back in. So I'm like, like no one saw this. I'm just in the room by myself before R Renee got there in the morning or actually, no, this was the night before in between the 3.30 and the 5.15. And then I eventually figured out we got to roll it on there. And that was way easier <laughs> just to roll it on. But I was doing some like deadlift squats with 110 pounds on these things, trying to gently put it down on glass. I've never had to do that before. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that was my, actually my, like right on the back of my forearms are sore. And like, I'm like, what did I do? I'm like, I think that was it. Like, cause I was like gripping it like this too. Like, so it was, that was a pain in the butt, but we figured it out and it worked. I wish that they would pick lighter plates to do that with. I feel like you could do that with any of the plates, but they're like, make them do it with the 25 kilos. This is weightlifting. Gosh, darn it. So <laughs> even the weigh-in will be heavy, you know, it's to prove you have them, I think. Maybe. Yeah, I think so too. Like at least to have those plates. So that was, that was exciting. That was, that worked out very, very well. The weigh-in was seamless. And that's my funny story about the weigh-in mm -hmm. I had to go through. Wow. Well, guys, any other thoughts on the whole event as a whole? Uh, would, would you do it again? Would you do a hybrid event again? Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder so. if all meets will have a high, well, not all, but I wonder if like these national level meets will have a hybrid option from now on or something like that. I think these AO series will. Um, I'm not too sure about like uh, the official American Open or at least like nationals. I think uh, you'd want it to be at a certain point where the prestige level of a meet is so high that you want everyone to come out. You're like, no, 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 if you're doing this and you're gonna potentially be a national champion, you're gonna be here in person. Mm -hmm. I think that's where it eventually go. But I think COVID or not, when things keep progressing and more meets are put on a schedule, these national level type meets will still do it. Mm -hmm. Or at least I think they should. I think they should. What do you guys think about that? No, I agree. I think yeah. I would I would prefer. I think, well, I, if it had been like, if the Arnold was a thing, 
then I think I would have gone in person just to like have that entire experience. Um, but if it's not associated with a similar event, then I probably would choose the hybrid option to do virtual unless there is something drawing you in like that. I think it also depends on the distance to travel. Salt Lake City is obviously mm -hmm. far. If I could drive there, then yeah, I'd probably go in person. Yeah. And hey, maybe that changes the way they schedule meets. Like maybe nationals and the American Open and meets of that caliber should always be centrally located. Like, why would you put it in California? Now, like, what is everyone on the East Coast supposed to do? Like, always put it centrally located. But then these other, like, series events, put them anywhere you want. Like, I think the next one's going to be close to or in Canada or something like that. Or people from Canada will be competing in it because it's the North American mm -hmm. Open Series. And we're doing it in conjunction with them. And that'll be cool. But I think um, if it's the big ones, put it centrally located. So everyone has at least the option to drive if they want to and make that one in-person required. But these other ones, if it's going to be in, let's say New York city, now it doesn't matter if you're in California, you can do it remotely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look at that. We're figuring out. USA weightlifting. Take notes. Yep. Whoever, <laughs> whoever is listening, let us schedule your meets. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I want to do that though. <laughs> no, because I'll, I'll just put it in Albany CrossFit. Like, yes. Oh, all right. <laughs> We don't have to go anywhere. Nationals is right in Albany CrossFit. I'll just walk next door. It'd be great. <laughs> well, let's let's end. Well, we won't end, but like one last topic. Uh, I always like to do this. You know, I've done this one-on-one -on -one with you guys and we'll do it on the podcast. There's always things that we can do better. Like after any event that I, that I coach at or do, and also after most classes I do and most coaches or coaches should do this, you have like a little mini after action report. What went well, what could have been done better. And what I have two things on, on my list. Uh, one of them is I wish we had a banner for the barbell club. Mm -hmm. Cause like, like that was like one of the last things I noticed when I had everything set up, I was like, ah, shucks. It'd be so cool to have Albany CrossFit ACBC banner right behind you guys while we're lifting. And originally I took the no branding stuff in the background, very literally you know, from the rules thing. But then I see on the live stream, everybody's got their banner up. So I'm like, well, now I want one. Yeah. So I, I'm going to get us a banner and next time it will be in the back. So that's something out of my after action report. And I also forgot at the end of the night, probably because it was late, we didn't get a group photo. And I was like, damn it, that should have been on the, I should have been on the to-do list, uh, like prop it up. And we get a group photo of the, of the five of us, you know, Miguel, Schaff and, and us three. So that was something I forgot. So next time, do that better uh what do you guys have what what could have been done better to make your experience you know uh, more enjoyable or easier or what uh i forgot my water bottle I forgot to tell you about that um, yeah oh, i found it it's it's okay. on the the music station <laughs> uh you reminded me you were like i forgot something and i was like ah yes i remembered i forgot my water bottle <laughs> um uh one thing i totally forgot to mention this earlier but um i had like very little time between snatch and clean and jerk uh, which was the opposite of what Renee had. So like my clean and jerks were like pretty much on the minute it felt like for the warmups. And then all of a sudden I had to go again. So I don't know if there's a way to, to do that. I mean, obviously it's just like up to circumstance, but. That yeah, that, that was, that's an, uh, another thing I thought about the, we had 10 minutes rather than five, which is awesome. Your session had two less lifters. You only had eight. 
So that definitely sped things up. And you guys were all clustered around pretty much within one to two kilos. So when people started jumping, that would that took away some of your time. So I think if we're in that kind of a situation, we have to be warming up faster. And this is one of those things where like in the moment, like you think about maybe saying it, but you're like, I don't know if I should say it, but we probably needed less joking and talking going on during that time. Cause that certainly eat, eats things up. Like we should have been a little more militant with it. It's like, get the plates set and get out, you know, and then, and then we'll go. So, and that's not a knock against Schaff or Miguel, you know, because like that certainly helps to keep things a little bit lighter. But I think at that point we needed things to be a little tighter. Um, so that was something that I noticed too, that we could have done better as, as a group, you know, less, less discussion, less talking. This is turning into too much of what happens into a normal barbell club session when we're all just kind of shooting the shit and, and hanging out versus like, this is Haley's competition and we need to go get the plates set and then talk, you know, like, so I, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that, yeah. I think that would definitely help. Um, and then, and then at that point, you know, like maybe that puts us a little bit ahead of things. I know I had to speed you up because of like uh, at one point people were changing their things. So we went from having five lifts out to all of a sudden having three and it's like, no, go take that right now. You know, because also it's like you have to go take it right now because it's going to take them time to get the green plates off and put the yellow plates on or or the blue plates off, and put the red plates on. And we're not experienced with this. So we need that buffer time. So I had to sacrifice having you go fast to having the plate be ready when we need it as well. Would it have made a difference if you had bumped me up like a kilo or something for timing? Like if there was maybe it would ever happen if there was like a super crunch and you just bumped. Oh yeah. If there's a super crunch, let's say, all right, let's say if you were opening at 70, like we were, and there were two other ladies opening at 70 and I bump you to 71. Well, now if they both stay at 70, we just earned a minimum two minutes, you know, but so that, that would happen. I think that I would, I would do that in a dire situation where it's like, all right, we haven't hit this last warm up yet and you're up and it's like, Oh, okay, let's, let's, bump up a kilo and you're prepared to take that extra kilo. Mm -hmm. um, so that definitely would be an option. Okay. That's like a hail. That's like, I, I consider that more of like a hail Mary thing. I don't want to have to do that, you know? And also we haven't discussed if you're ready to do that either, you know, cause we're, we, we knew what we could do with 70, but now 71, it'd be like 156. It's not that big of a, of a difference, but you never know. <laughs> never know what could happen I think one kilo wouldn't make much of a difference in my head so <laughs> yeah so I, th I think that's something as a group we need to do we, we we can't let things descend into fun time you know during during serious times and the the last thing I forgot to do was tell everybody they could tell they could talk to me <laughs> during my lifts I waited until my very last lift to tell Shaf Miguel Renee that you could yell at me during the lift because everybody was just silent. And I was like, you can speak. That's not going to mess me up. <laughs> so I'll do that next time. Yeah, good Good to know. I mean, like, that's, um, it is good that everyone communicates with one another. It's like, hey, it's okay, cheer me on, you know, uh, or, or things like that. Because so, what's, what's cool is that, you know, maybe no one knew. So everyone was just being respectful. Yeah. I'm like, all right, this is Haley's time. We're going to be quiet, you know. And it's, it's also, we don't have the normal meats, meat sounds, you know, of other bars and stuff. So it's like, it was very quiet, you know, mm -hmm. which I, I will say that was one thing I didn't like about the Zoom for Renee's session that it wasn't too much of an issue 
with getting feedback from other Zoom people and also the speaker. But for this one, she wasn't muting her mic during people going. And there was a lot of interference and feedback coming. And for your last lift, she muted herself. And then I, this might've been your last snatch. I can't remember or clean jerk. Then while you were setting up on it, she unmuted herself. So it went from being completely quiet to all of a sudden this big explosion of sound. Mm -hmm. And, and I guess maybe I could put that on my own thing, which I don't know what the rules are, what they're supposed to be doing. I could have typed in the chat, Hey, can you mute yourself? You know, like, but I don't know how they'd respond to that or if that's even what they're planning on doing, but really when someone's going, she doesn't need to be off mute, you know? So I don't know. I, that was something that after the fact where I'm like, like, ah, I should have said something there, you know? Yeah. It's not, it's not something I noticed at all. Like I didn't even register the fact that there was sound. I just noticed that it was completely silent as I set up. And then I was thinking like, oh, it didn't, it didn't really click until like later on, like my last cleaner jerk that maybe they were being quiet because they were scared of messing me up. And I was like, no, you can like speak. It won't mess me up. So I'll just say it at the beginning next time that you can speak to me. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I think definitely let everybody know that. And I know, you know, on, on my end too, with just that, that loud noise, it also made it hard to hear Miguel and Shaf and you. I was like, I, at one point I couldn't hear you guys. And then there was, I was also trying to make sure that the weight on the bar was correct. So like, I have all this loud noise coming at me and I forgot after your second attempt to put in, or no, your, your first step to put in your second attempt which like I was on top of it all night. And then now I'm like worrying about the bar. And then, so it's like, I need to trust that they're okay and that they're getting on it. And I think maybe by that point, I was noticing that things were getting too chatty or something. And then there's all this interference coming from zoom. And I'm just not like, I, I know there's something going on, but I can't put my finger on what I want to change right now. And I want all of it to change. So <laughs> that just, that just probably come, that probably just comes from like, you know, just like, um, so, all right, just pick one thing right now. That's It's like when you're coaching. If you watch someone do an air squat and it's, uh, this is a technical term, a train wreck air squat, like <laughs> this is where everything in the kitchen sink is going wrong. Hey, it's in the level one manual, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but like the, the knees are coming in, the chest is round or the back is rounding. They're up on their toes, things like that. Pick one thing to fix. And what is the one thing that might help other things? So in that moment, I should have I should have just been like, Shaf and Miguel got it and trust that they have it and then lower the volume on my computer. Like if, if, <laughs> if, if, if they're not going to mute themselves, I can probably turn down the volume yeah. uh, and still hear them. Cause I was like, I can't hear anything right now. I'm trying to talk to Haley from across the room and I'm talking through the computer monitor and through the conversation happening in front of me and you trying to tell me things. And I'm like, I can't hear anything what's going on right now. So something to get something that will improve upon next time. I need a, oh, I need like a bell or a, a blowhorn where I can just go, oh I can just go, well, I, 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 I just like ring the bell. And that, that means like everyone quiet. <laughs> you need to do some elementary school techniques. One, two, Whoa. three, eyes on me. A whistle. <laughs> Get a whistle. Yeah. Uh, Renee, how about you? Anything that, that you would like to have seen done better? Uh, anything like that? Any thoughts on this topic? Um, personally, I think I need to, I think I have found myself in a cycle of like, um, I really focus on my eating the week before the meet so that I know I make weight. And then I'm like, okay, thank God. Now I can just let loose. 
Um, and I need to just probably focus on my nutrition better just for myself. Um, instead of this like weird, like ebb and flow of like, okay, I need to starve myself before the meat. Okay. Now I can eat whatever I want. Start da, da, da. It, whereas if I just did a better job of like maintaining, um, my nutrition the whole time, then it wouldn't be such a stressful, like down to the wire. Am I going to make weight or like, okay, well I can only eat a salad the day before. And I shouldn't find myself in that position anyway. Um, so I think that was the biggest thing for me is, and especially like I was saying, since I find myself doing meets or qualifiers, basically every three to four weeks now, <laughs> it's like, just find the nutrition method that works for me to maintain my weight where it is. Um, and just stick with that. So it doesn't be so, so I don't have to worry about my weight while also worrying about hitting the lifts. Um, like that, I feel like that's something I shouldn't care about. And I don't want to hear James. Sorry. The, Oh, uh, we'll just compete in the 71. Hey, that's also, <laughs> also an option. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, like, Hey, you go up a weight class, you're at the bottom of the weight class, you can eat whatever you want and you're, you're training heavier your, your strength will probably get a little bit of a bump, you know, put on some muscle. Like, Hey, it's not a bad idea, but I would be at like 64.5, which is what's annoying. Oh, that's, yeah, that's fine. That's, that's <laughs> not too bad. Right. But in that case, just be 64. <laughs> well, I mean, if it takes off all of the psychological pressure and you can like eat more and also the 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 week of the meet you can be fully fed I, I i'm in favor of being up a weight class and being fully fed all the time versus having to do the the weight cut game yeah i mean like we were talking i don't really have to do i feel like i make it sound like i don't eat the week before i still eat it's nothing too drastic it's just like no ice cream no alcohol but uh, maybe okay so maybe for this meat too i will eat how i would normally eat and we'll see what happens yeah. And so this is the practice quote, practice me. Well, oh, so here, real. Yes. Here, here, here's what I'm thinking. Now you could just be at most local meets and stuff like that. 71, mm -hmm. like, like you're not going to worry about it. Things like that. But let's say it's the, the Arnold 2022 and you've increased your total, you've increased your strength. You've done a bunch of local meets and you're still hovering around that. Like like a mid 60 range, maybe you're like 66, 67. Then you start to like focus on the diet and taper down because at that meet, maybe you're going to be more competitive in that class. Mm -hmm. So like, like, I think when, um, for maybe the biggest meets, you kind of have that be a thing where you're like, all right, that's where I want to be in competition. And at the local meets, you're just training because most of those are training meets anyways. It's like an extension of training. Um, or another thing is, we pick certain meets where you're going to practice tapering the weight down, but other ones, we don't really worry about it. Cause like I just said, we're kind of training through it. The one that we're doing at the end of March, we're training through that. Like yeah. we're not going to taper for that or that's going to be like Friday's training, you know, where we're maxing out and stuff. Like we're just going to go through it on Monday. We're still doing squats. Like we're weightlifters. We're going to lift weights all around that. And then we're just going to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called ACBC spring cleaning, by the way. Cute. Get it? <laughs> So that's the spring cleaning meat. Did it um, have to be sanctioned only so you could get that name on the internet? And now everyone is like, that's witty. Yep. Yep. That's the only reason I did it. <laughs> but um, so uh, I, there's different situations where we should take the body weight into account. I think the vast majority of time in training, 
you're already training as a 71 probably. So for most of these local meets, no need to have the pressure train through them, be a 71. And then when we get to those bigger meets or different practice meets, you're also going to get to a point where you're going to start to look around and be like, where am I more competitive? Where do I have more of an opportunity to win? And it might be, you look down to 64 and you're like, well, all right, I see who's coming. I know these people, I see their totals. I'm going to bump down to get a medal or I'm going to bump up to get a medal. It's kind of good to have that flexibility up and down. Right. Okay. Well, there we go. We've now added another practice to the meet No, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's something that, cause I know Haley and I like up until the day before we're like, okay, let's <laughs> see what happens here. Like, I, th- I think I would be okay, but I had to do like, anyway. So that's usually what I'm always thinking about is just my nutrition and my weight. No. And that's a, a, a thing that everybody needs to be thinking about. It's super important. So I, but I think, you know, it's, um, if, if we're getting into situations where we have to be underfed and nervous about it and stuff like that, that, that might be an indicator is like, we should go up anyways, mm-hmm. you know, especially if we haven't practiced for it. And so what you were doing is something that we should practice regularly. We should practice hitting the goal weight. Like, and we can even do that on training days. You could set like weeks in advance, like, all right, on this Friday, mm-hmm. when I know we're going to be doing max out on snatch and clean jerk heavy single reps, I, I, I want to be at this weight. And then I'm going to taper my diet down to get it to a point where I don't have to starve myself all week, you know, or, or really restrict all week. I can just be there comfortably because I've put in the practice four weeks out of prep for it mm-hmm. versus having it just kind of come up and it's the AO one. And right. we're experiencing this for just like the second or third time, you know, so we can practice this in training. We can practice this through local meets And that'll set us up probably for better success at these more intensive meets. Right. All right. Another good plan hatched. Boom. Look at that. All the stuff we're accomplishing on the podcast. Those who listen as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, everyone listening has either experienced or will experience these things. So it's good to listen to these conversations. Essentially, essentially what everybody is getting an insight into is a team meeting. Like this is a, this is a recap meeting after, after meets, I like to meet with you guys to talk about, well, how did we do? What could we do better experiences? So that's what people are getting to experience on this podcast. Awesome. That way, that way everybody gets to learn. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that's all I have on, on my list, you know? Uh, so we'll try to fix some, some of those things. I think uh, some, some valid grievances were brought up maybe grievances is the best word but uh suggestions and things that we need to improve upon you guys both have your specific things i have my specific things uh what well, uh, was there anything i could have done better for both of you not for me not that i can think of okay you Should just uh for haley just the volume of everyone but <laughs> no i thought it went really well and again you obviously put in all the work so that it was actually possible. So I am very appreciative of that. Cool. Important question for a coach to ask, you know, Hey, is, am I doing a good job? You know, because if not, you, the, you, we would want athletes to say, well, you, you, you could have, you know, you could have got me chalk, you know, like anything, <laughs> uh, anything. And by the way, my tactical fanny pack is finally on the way. So it, <laughs> it turns out I, uh, this no one on the podcast has any idea what I'm talking about. 
I ordered a fanny pack and I didn't realize it, but Amazon canceled my order uh, because of something to do with the vendor. Like, so, like I've gotten messages from them in the past that, hey, if if this person selling this doesn't reach out to you or engage in the sale, we're going to cancel the order. And I just never realized that all this was happening with my fanny pack. So I ordered a new one from a different place. But I've been telling you guys, I'm like, it hasn't come in yet. And I just assumed because my headphones, which I ordered back in November, took until March to get because they're custom, they were custom made and both took forever to get them from me or to me that I assumed the same thing was happening with the fanny pack. And I want a coach's fanny pack that I could have you know, like chalk, mask, notebooks, pens, papers, all my stuff in it. Because at least it'll just make me feel cool. So. That's You're going to look cool too, not just feel cool, James. Yeah, that's that's right. So I'm going to have all kinds of stuff in there. So I have one on the way. I can't wait to wear it in Marvel. So awesome. that'll be exciting. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, any closing thoughts on the whole thing, Renee? No, I'm very excited where we are and I look forward to the future. Awesome. Uh, Haley, any closing thoughts? Um, Renee said it best. I have to... <laughs> agree nothing else to add unfortunately <laughs> all right uh before i give my closing thoughts uh renee where can people follow you yes weightlifting has been making more of an appearance on my instagram it's not just hiking anymore so r m m i h a i l is my instagram handle perfect take that hiking you're not <laughs> as cool as weightlifting <laughs> i know well, i took off two weeks for this meet so you know it's important yep def- <laughs> definitely uh, Haley, uh, where can people follow you? Uh, my Instagram is Haley TH12. One, two. So follow me there. I don't post anything ever. So <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if they just want to be friends, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I say I don't post anything. I post on my stories, but I don't really post like to my feed or anything like that. But so you can follow me. I'm pretty much on my stories. Perfect. All right. Follow, follow the stories. Uh, closing thoughts. Just uh, overall, very happy with it. Again, it, it went great. I was skeptical in the beginning, but now I'm a believer. Uh, I'm thankful that USA Weightlifting did this. So thank you again to the organization for running this meet and giving us the opportunity. Let's keep it going because this will allow more people to engage in the sport and also the competition aspect of it. And possibly the publicity will pull more people in who will want to do things like this too. Cause now they can see like, Oh, I could do this in my garage. You know, I don't have to go to a gym or et cetera. Uh, thank you again to the LWC and our local weightlifting community for all the help that they gave us. Uh, thank you to Shaf Miguel, the, uh, the unsung heroes of the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, helping us out, you know, changing weights. Uh, it is not easy being the loader. You know, they, they only had to do it for two lifters, but uh, a bonus shout out to all the loaders out in Salt Lake City who are doing a lot of loading, loading barbells that people aren't even going to lift off of because there's uh, the ghost barbell out there for all the Zoom people. And uh, just overall, you know, I can't wait for the next one. It's going to be a lot of fun. I enjoyed setting it up. I enjoyed the coaching aspect of it. And to both of you, outstanding job. I mean, you guys represented our club very well. You guys did a great job on your performances and training for this. This wasn't just a thing we decided to do. Uh, We qualified or set the goal to start to qualify back in December. So, and thinking about where we came from coming out of the lockdown into our fall training. And then now here we are, 
that's uh, an awesome thing to see. So great progress for both of you. All right. Well, uh, for anyone listening, make sure you follow Albany CrossFit Barbell Club on Instagram so you can see the videos. You can see Renee and Haley's attempts on there. Follow Albany CrossFit because why not? And follow the Barbell Strikes Back on Instagram. Follow me, James A. McDermott. I also don't post anything really on there because I have too many other accounts. I don't even post, I don't even post in my stories. It's just a, it's just a sad account right now with nothing new, but I will maybe get onto that soon. Uh, thank you so much for listening guys. Thank you again for coming on and great job again. Thanks. Bye.